Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Please stand as you are able for our scripture reading from the Gospel of John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. It's not within our own power to make a fresh start. If we're to have a future different from our past, it must come as a gift. It must come from God. You know, what we need is a God who refuses to be trapped in eternity. A God who not only cares about us, but is willing to show up among us and do something with us here. Now, well, good news. It turns out that's just the sort of God we got. God is on the way. So back in my home church, uh, we used to take uh, a youth group out for mission trips. Not, not much unlike Spirit Link. Uh, we would take a group of, of uh, high school kids and some middle school age kids, and we would, we would drive over about three hours or so to uh, Monticello, Iowa. There was a little camp out there called Camp Courageous. Uh, it, was a, it was a camp for developmentally challenged uh, children and young adults. Uh, and what they would do is, is they would offer them spaces where they could actually camp when they might not ever have that opportunity before. But we would go over and we would do multiple projects for them. 
We would work on so many things to, to make it easier for them, pouring concrete and building steps and doing all kinds of things in buildings and everything else. But, but there was one kind of experience that all the kids got every time they went uh, because it had to do with a room that we stayed in, the room that we slept in, the room that we had devotions in. You see, this room was in the lower level of the cafeteria. And in this room, there were no windows. There was no glass panes in the doorway leading outside. No artificial light could make it into this particular room. Now, after their first year, the kids all kind of expected it, but it was always interesting to see the first ones go in there. Because the first night, when we said lights out, we meant lights out. Because when those lights went out, you literally could not see the hand in front of your face. That was how dark it was in there. Uh, now, just for you who are a little worried about the kids, they all had flashlights, just kind of like what Dave gave out earlier, so they could all find their way to the, to the restroom in the middle of the night when they needed to. But the idea of no light, of complete darkness... You see, the simplest tasks become impossible when you don't have light. We need the light. We need the light. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we have come striving to hear your word. And so as we hear scripture today, as we hear about John the Baptist one more time, as, as we hear about Jesus being the light of the world, God, I ask that, that, that this message that is brought here today, that, that the words are not mine, that the words would be yours, that the message would be yours, and that, and that we would encounter you in a new way today, that we would truly come face to face with you at some point during this service. Maybe we already have, God, but speak to our hearts, speak to our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as we continue our journey uh, through Advent, we remember that, that this is a season of waiting. But working while we wait in preparation for our King, we also remember that, that this season is a season of surprises. And we heard some good and not so good. Today, however, we talk about light about light, but not primarily the light which is Jesus Christ, because we all know it's not quite Christmas yet, so we can't quite celebrate that yet. We know the light is coming, but still we wait with anticipation. However, we turn to John the Baptist, the voice crying in the wilderness to prepare the way for the light. Get ready. The light is coming. John offers a witness and testimony to the light for all of those who hear. He is a bearer of the light, one who reflects the light of God to the world around him. If you read my uh, field journal this week, you probably heard the story about, uh, about candles in a church with no power that had these little round mirror discs that were sconces that reflected the light of the candle out into the room. That is what John is doing. John is being that little disc, reflecting the light of Christ out into the world around him. This is what we are also called to do. 
We're called to reflect the light of Christ. In his, in his book, Will Willimon talks, talks about being a pastor and, a, and about the pressures of bearing a light, bearing the light, mainly through sermons and messages. But thankfully, he also talks about his congregations and how… Well, that was weird. My watch told me I have no new messages. I'm not sure how that works into the message, but I thought this was a new message, but (laughs) so yeah, so thankfully he talks about his congregations and how they are also called to witness to the light. And that means that everyone is called by God to share the gospel message with others. We hear this in the Great Commission, don't we? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is our mission, to share the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit with everyone that we come in contact with. But let's back up just a moment. If we know that this is our mission, maybe we should ask, what is God's mission? What is God's mission? It is the salvation of the world. You know, God so loved the world that He sent His only Son so that whoever believes in Him will have everlasting life. Now notice in that verse that that four-letter word, sent. He sent His only Son. God sent his son. God didn't set up a tent, put up a big neon flashing sign pointing to a building, or send an email blast out to the entire world telling them that they they needed to come to a specific place in order to receive the love of God. God knew that it was not enough for us to come to God, so God came to us right where we are. You see, this is John Wesley's view of prevenient grace. It's that part of grace that that searches us out, that calls to us and invites us to engage in a relationship with our Creator. We see this as a view of Adam and Eve in the garden. Just after they eat that forbidden fruit, they notice that they are naked and they hide from God. But God missed the relationships He missed that relationship that they they once had and and therefore began searching throughout the garden, looking for Adam and Eve. He called out to them, where are you? Where are you? His desire is to reconcile the relationship that was broken. And that's what He does for us. God searches us out, longing to repair that relationship that we have broken. God is on the way. God is on the way. God is on the move. God is searching for us, and all He wants to offer us is this forgiveness, this reconciliation, and this new life. This is good news. This is the news that we need to be sharing with everybody around us. I mean, think about it for a minute. I know that I've asked this before, but but many have commented through some of my social media posts about that person in your life who told you about Jesus Christ told you about God's love for you. And maybe, maybe you're thinking of that person right now as I say this, of that person that invited you or 
introduced you to Jesus. Someone shared that gospel message with you. Who was your John the Baptist? Because that's what John the Baptist is doing. And how did they share that message with you? Was it, was it like the bullhorn guy, you know, on the street corner yelling at you and telling how bad you've been and that God is, is coming to punish you? Or was it somebody who just showed you the love of God and the grace of Jesus Christ and, and the presence of the Spirit with you? It could have been through an act of service, offering a comforting word, maybe telling you about how God has been at work in their life telling you that God is also at work in yours. This is like being a John the Baptist, preparing the way for the Lord in someone else's life. You don't have to wear wild and crazy clothes or even eat locusts. Well, maybe if they're chocolate covered. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Being like John means to humbly share the good news with people that And they don't even have to be people that you know. But first, you need to have this good news within you. This happens when we have seen the light, when we've come to ourselves and realized that we are also in need of a Savior and turn to God. One of the most dramatic transformations came through a guy named Saul. You might remember him. Of course, we know him as Paul, but that came after his conversion. But this happened on the, on the road to Damascus as he encountered Jesus along that road. Saul couldn't see the light because he was distracted. He had a little piece of plastic covering the batteries so that the light couldn't come through. He was distracted by other things in the world. And we too can become distracted by things of the world, making it difficult for us to find Jesus. But Jesus is always there. A few summers ago, the family and I went on a vacation to Bayview, Michigan. Uh, And Bayview, Michigan is just a little bit south of Mackinac Island. Uh, And while we were up there, I noticed something. There was a something advertisement somewhere that that I saw something about a dark sky park. Dark Sky Park, and it intrigued me about what a dark sky park would be, and so uh, myself and uh, my daughters went, actually, actually, I think I only took one daughter and her friend, and we went out to this dark sky park, and what it was was a place where you had to park about a mile away, and you had to walk down a path to get to this place, because what it is, it's, it's a space where there is no artificial light seen. It is void of all light pollution. And so you go out to this place at night, and when you're sitting out there, there is no street lights, there are no lights, there's no lights across the lake because it was right on the beach. You could not see a light anywhere. But what you could see were the stars. You know, there are times when you can get out into the country and you can get out away from a lot of the city lights and and I see some nodding of heads because I bet Bill and Josie have got some really good places. (laughs) You get out there away from some of those lights and oh my gosh, the stars that are out there are absolutely incredible. You have no idea how many are out there. The lights, the stars, the galaxies, they're always there. We just can't see them because we're distracted by so many other lights in the world. 
So maybe we need to find a, a spiritual dark sky park. A spiritual dark sky park so that it will be easier to see Jesus, so that we can eliminate all the distractions in our life, so that we can truly see Jesus Christ. Well, dark sky or night or not, Paul was, pardon the expression, blinded by the light. After his encounter with Jesus, Paul couldn't see, but Jesus told him to go to a certain house and wait. Someone would be there to help him. And this is where Ananias comes into the picture. Jesus encounters Ananias and tells him to go to that house on Straight Street and see this guy Saul and help him out. Probably after a little questioning, Ananias goes to the house, helps Saul to get his sight back, and Saul becomes Paul. And Paul becomes a huge witness for Jesus in his ministry. Most of Paul's writings were meant to point directly to Jesus Christ. Now, while some may think that, that Paul puts a little too much of himself in some of his writings, I truly think that his main goal was to shine the light of Christ into a darkened world. Even through some of the writings about himself, he still tried to point to Jesus. If you remember, he repeated many times that his goal was to preach Christ and preach Christ crucified. He wanted people to see Jesus, not him. And this should be our goal as well. In everything that we say and everything that we do, our main purpose should be so that people can see Jesus Christ within us. We want people to see the light of Christ guiding us in life. Williman talks about it like being transparent, like a pane of glass, that people would be able to see the reason why we live our lives the way we do because they can see right through us. There's a song in a musical, Chicago, called Mr. Cellophane. <laughs> Love that song. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's like, Mr. Cellophane, you don't really see me. You see through me, but you see Jesus Christ. That's who we need to see. They should know that the reason why we love people is because God first loved us. The reason why we serve is because Jesus gave us the perfect example of how to be a servant leader. My biggest hope is that when people look at me, they would they actually, they wouldn't actually see me, but they would see Jesus Christ. I hope that when, that when people ask why I do certain things, and we'll, it's so that I can point to Jesus and say, this is the reason why. And I'd love for you to meet him. This is being a witness. This is testifying to the light. This is preparing a way for the Lord, making paths straight, leveling mountains, raising up valleys. God sends us into our world, into our circles of influence, to testify and witness to the love of God, to the love of God in our life. So how are we doing this? How are we, as Journey of Hope, offering that witness? Are you sharing the love of God with those around you? When people see you and ask you why you do the things that you do because they just seem so countercultural, that you can say, it's because God loved me that I can love you. And also know that, that God loves you too. Are we testifying to the light that is in our lives? Will you pray with me? Creator God, offer of the light of the world, 
God, all we want to do is be a reflection of Your light. We want people to see You in us. God, we want to be a witness. We want to testify to Your love for us. We want to testify to the to the salvation that you offer, that new life that you give so freely as a gift. We want to be like John the Baptist and, and prepare the way for your coming. And so God, we ask that you, that you would give us the strength, that you would give us the wisdom, that you would offer us ways to do that. God, that you would put somebody in our path that we could share your love with. God, we are grateful for the people who have offered your witness to us, the people have, who have invited us and encouraged us and introduced us to you. And so now let us in turn introduce others to you. God, help us as we accomplish your mission. And all this I ask in your son's precious name. Amen. As we get ready to go forth from this place and go out and serve uh, our risen Lord in everything that we say and we do, uh, remember that you are a reflection. Now, you can be a reflection of anything from this world or you can choose to be a reflection of the light of Christ. May you truly go knowing that you can be that light. And I pray that you shine that light into all the dark spaces of this world, illuminating everything with the love of God. And so now go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.